The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. And the clock starts. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are glad you're here, and we got a great hour packed with great stuff. The Week in Review just around the corner. Also on the way, the value and advisor. When we spend our money, we want value. It doesn't matter if you're buying socks, you're buying a car, or you're going to work with a financial advisor. You want value. We're going to talk about demonstrating that. Ask Annex is on the way. I want you to stick around for this. We The story of a 32-year-old who has a well, fairly significant amount of money, his friends are telling him to stop contributing to retirement. We'll see what our folks say about that. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer on the show today. Hey, Derek. Hi, Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Thank you, Danny. Indeed, it was packed full of information this week. We had a PPI report, which is the Producers Price Index. We had the CPI report on Thursday, which is the Consumer Price Index. And then on Friday, we got a retail sales report. And Derek, none of them were very good. No, I mean, both the PPI and the CPI were hotter than expected. The core rate up 6.6, well above the Fed's target of, of 2%. So the ex- expectation now is pretty certain that they're going to raise the Fed funds rate at least 75 basis points in November. And again, Derek, as you said, that is expected. But all of this certainly had some information inside of these reports that I found curious. One of the most was the retail sales report on Friday that showed that a lot of the strategic petroleum reserves being exported raises the GDP report. In other words, we had saw that the GDP was supposed to be positive in the third quarter, but if you take that out, it's flat. That means the first quarter was negative, the second quarter was negative, and the third quarter was flat at best. And that, of course, is a concern, especially when you start talking about what could happen in 2023 with a potential recession, and that's about a 50% probability. So a lot of information that is out there right now. The takeaway, of course, is that there is a bifurcation between what's happening in the stock market and what's happening in the economy currently. Right. I mean, typically the stock market sniffs out economic weakness six to nine months in advance, and you could argue that we're basically nine months off of the highs we made in early January. So that's one reason why you want to at least have somewhat of a glass is half full approach to investing. Uh, the second thing is what we're really trying to figure out is what's the, what is the impact going to be of this strong dollar slowing economic growth on corporate earnings or just beginning earnings season as we speak. And you think about what's happening with earnings, and we have been talking about this for a significant amount of time. If earnings have come down and price to earnings have come down, where is the fair market value? And you know, we're trading at a number right now that some will argue is at fair value, but we had a rip-roaring trade on Thursday. They opened up down 500 points, flipped around, and ended up positive 800 points. That was a 1,300-point swing within the middle of the day. That could have been a technical trade. Well, and and in in actuality, it was only the fourth time in history that the S&P 500 at one point was down more than 2% on the day, and then was subsequently up more than 2% on the day. So a lot of people got caught short options and all sorts of other derivative strategies. And it does, you know, some of the technicians point to that as perhaps a 
selling Climax, and that will, and we'll see. But you know, the, the earnings reports that we got on Friday, I thought were pretty good. J.P. Morgan was a good number. United Healthcare, Wells Fargo. You know, we know about the Albertsons and uh, Kroger merger, and Delta, the airline company, also reported a good quarter. So the consumer still is in pretty good shape. And that's what people have to pay attention to: is that the earnings are the real story. And so I know there's a lot of effort and attention put towards the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. But once you start to break that apart, and remember, there's 11 sectors in there right now. Where does that money go? And where is investment dollars going? And where you should be positioned as we go into 2023? And that's why earnings season, which is really going to kick in next week, folks, is going to be something that we have to pay attention to. And one of the cliches is money follows earnings. You know, companies that generate earnings have high free cash flow yields, sustainable business models. They tend to be rewarded with higher multiples. And, you know, and we're still continuing to see the sell off and the very expensive technology names we're trading at more than 10 times revenues. That That's ongoing as interest rates rise. And I will point out that for the first time, the two year now hit 4.5%. Think about where we were just a year ago. Yeah, so 4.5%. And the Fed funds future rate is suggested suggesting 4.75%. So that means it's got to go up a whole lot yet, folks. And so pay attention to that over the next few months as the Federal Reserve raises rates. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Dave, for those folks that are, uh, Derek mentioned, the glass half full. I'm kind of a glass half empty guy. I think it's a realist. If you were worried about things right now, Setting your mind at ease, I think, would help with a plan, seeing what people have, seeing how it's working, where the overlap is. At Mishmash, we've talked about for years. If you need that for investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning, we can help as a fee-only fiduciary. Fairly simple process. You can head to our website on a weekend. You click the Get Started button, and that begins the process. We learn more about you. You learn more about us, and we move forward. Now is the time. AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, October 16th. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in-house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric isn't a sales tool. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary, so there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit at AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. A couple of reminders. Sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter. Connect with us on social media. Everything from LinkedIn to Facebook to Instagram, YouTube. There's lots of Annex Wealth Management produced videos there. Lots of learning, highly searchable. Our SWAT podcast, may I recommend that? You want to dig in deep on the way our investment committee thinks and operates. Check that out. That's on Annex Wealth Management Spotify every Monday morning, usually about 9 o'clock. And remember, this show is available on demand at the top of the hour on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, is here. And the guy that said at the end of last segment, 
we got too much to talk about. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Yeah, we really do. And let's try to talk about some things that we brought up in March and again in May of this year when we were just flabbergasted that the Federal Reserve continued to go out and buy mortgage-backed securities despite all of the evidence that inflation was heating up. We said if they don't do it, they're going to let it get too structural too sticky, and they're going to have a heck of a time because it will become stubborn. Well, guess what, folks? That's exactly where we are. So in my opinion, they've had not only one policy mistake in the fact that there was too much quantitative easing. Number two policy mistake, in my opinion, is that they waited too long to raise rates. And in my opinion, Derek, you know what I'm going to say. I think policy mistake number three is in front of us. Right. And, you know, I I sometimes find myself defending the Fed because they didn't know that the Biden administration was going to pass trillions of dollars in fiscal stimulus that was really not needed because the economy was already covering. And they also didn't know that Putin was going to invade the Ukraine, which caused grain and energy prices to go through the roof. So, you know, you have to be a little bit balanced. But the thing is, what most people are really focused on is their unwillingness, it seems, to look at leading indicators of inflation and not the rear mirror static numbers like CPI and owner equivalent rent, which are dated. I mean, the, the owner equivalent rent number that they're looking at is three months old. And you know how they calculate that? They literally have people call households and say, how much would you rent your house for? Right. And they and they give them a number. Right. And every and it's a random sample. It's not scientific by any stretch of the imagination. So you know, the Fed has this dual mandate, two jobs. One is price stability, which of course is trying to fight back inflation. And the second is full unemployment. But Congress gave that to the Federal Reserve in the late 1970s. Their only job back then was a single mandate, which was control inflation. Well, now they have these two mandates, which are at direct odds with each other right now, because they're trying to fight inflation. And fighting inflation means raising rates because inflation hurts the middle class more than it hurts the wealthy class while they see their portfolios go down. And that's what we've talked about, that this Fed is clearly on the side of Main Street as opposed to Wall Street. I mean, people's houses have gone up a lot in value. Their stock portfolios have done really well. But in real terms, the middle class is suffering, earning negative real wages. And that's, that's a struggle. And while there were government redistribution policies during COVID, COVID, those bank accounts have been run dry. And frankly, people are just living paycheck to paycheck. And that's something the Fed is very concerned about. And they're concerned about it. And But it's going to get worse because, you know, they said that, you know, Powell said himself that there's going to be pain upcoming. Pain, what he means by that is they want to slow down wage inflation. How do you slow down wage inflation? By raising the unemployment rate. And that is what I'm talking about is having these dual mandates at direct odds because they actually want people to lose jobs. And I know that sounds uh, counterintuitive, but that's really where they're going with this. It's, it's called demand destruction. And, you know, ironically, you know, they're, they're trying to address inflation in that way because they, they know they can't control the price of oil. They can't control the price of wheat and corn. And so they're basically using their tools in order to, to facilitate that. The other thing they're doing is they're reducing their balance sheet, which is causing liquidity issues. We've already seen that. You know, when you pull a big buyer out of the market, you would tend to see long-term rates go higher, which is what we've tried to do, you know, in our fixed income portfolios, avoid interest rate risk. Although it's getting a little bit juicier now where I'm thinking that 60-40 portfolio ought to do a much better job for people. 
Derek Falski, our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano, our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Folks, we would love to be a tool for you. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Open up the toolbox. Put us to work. We'll build a complete plan using the power of the entire Annex team. And you've heard plenty of those teammates. In fact, the rest of this hour is packed with them. Put us to work. Why not? Fill out that contact form. Click the Get Started button. This is the time Annex Wealth Management is ready. Up next, we're going to check in with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. We're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. Build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio. Offer unbiased advice with Wealthmetric and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It only takes a couple of minutes, in person or online. It's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, joined by Robert Chastain, branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. So last week we talked about the fact that the governor showed up at the football game that you're at. I did not see the video until Monday. It was a pretty spectacular event. That was great. Well, it was. You know, they even had a helicopter flyover and uh, some ROTC uh, people there. Really nice event for the community to come out and try and get back to some normalcy. So I'm looking at, you know, Robert's on the officiating crew, and all these guys are dressed the same, except for the uh, the referee's got the white hat. So I finally, I said, which guy is you? And I was on the far right. Yeah, you were on the far right. What were you working that night? Uh, I was a side judge. So let's talk about life in Southwest Florida. What's unfortunate is, is the rest of the country probably is going to move on to whatever else they're doing. Meanwhile, the needs are strong here. They're not going to go away for weeks, months, probably years. Very, very true. But on the other hand, Danny, the the nation as a whole, it is amazing how much food, clothing, sheets, blankets are piling into southwest Florida on up to Fort Myers, Port Charlotte. It is astounding just the support from across the country that's coming in here. Last week, we talked about Harry Chapin Food Bank. They are delivering almost a million and, million and a half pounds of food per week. Mm. And if anybody out there wants to volunteer, they need people to help them move that much food. I've got to imagine that there's no shortage of either GoFundMes or big projects. Or, or I mean, it's almost bewildering to pick where you can donate. But folks, as you know, it's, it, now is the time to do that. For the people who have been affected, they've been heavily affected. But yet, if you're maybe a mile, mile and a half from the coast, you you may not have felt anything. There's a kind of a guilt complex sure. that, oh my gosh, so many people haven't been touched, but yet so many people have been completely wiped out. Some of those people are worried that everyone else is going to forget about them. Everyone here is trying to not let that happen. 
you know, people in the insurance industry, are they just completely upside down? Our landscaping company just finished a house on Fort Myers Beach, literally the week before the storm hit, finished their kitchen, and it doesn't exist anymore. Mm. No insurance. And the problem is, is for people that are going to rebuild the materials, just getting the materials into Southwest Florida and then finding the people that can do it. Well, I mean, anybody who uh, wants a job could have five, any their choice of five jobs right now. And especially if you're in the building trades, we had supply chain issues before this happened. This is obviously going, going to constrain them even more. So it's going to be a slow slog. Of course, there's no shortage, unfortunately, of people trying to take advantage of it. You've really got to watch out for these scams. I did see a a few uh, uh, stories on local news about contractors coming in from other states, and it seems like the state of Florida is really cracking down on them. It basically comes down to don't pay anybody up front. Don't pay cash up front. Make sure you have a signed contract and a Florida building license. Robert Chastain is branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Folks, I know you're probably upside down in a number of different ways, but if you do need help with financial planning, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, we're ready to help. We would love to see you. Robert, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Danny. Going to be back in a bit. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. If I may paraphrase a classic motion picture line, what would you say you do here? Oh, that is such a great question. You put me on the spot here, Danny. I better give a good answer. My team works with employers who offer 401k plans to their employees. We work both with the employer on putting together a really good plan and maintaining it and monitoring it. And then we work with the people who work at that company so that they can take advantage of the benefit. That's the really high level synopsis of what we do here. So by virtue of that, you are in a bunch of companies. You encounter a lot of questions from a lot of people. Some are simple, some are complex, and some are where you need to maybe undo certain misconceptions from otherwise well-meaning people. (laughs) This segment is called Stuff Tom Hears. Where shall we start? I just recently was with a new client of ours introducing the team and we were talking about how their plan works and they do have a Roth option in their 401k. And somebody raised his hand and I've heard this many times. I'm just using them as an example because it happened recently. And he said, well, the the reason I don't want to do Roth is because then I'm contributing less 
to retirement than I am in the case of pre-tax. And I said, whoa, 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 hold on a second. You know, that is not how that works. So rather than getting into a a math, you know, where we're trying to do math here, let me explain just kind of how it works at a high level that makes it easier to understand. When Roth first became a thing, I was a salaried employee and I was doing 10% of my pay to retirement on a pre-tax basis. So I was getting paid the same amount every two weeks. And what I did is I switched from pre-tax to Roth. My next paycheck was smaller. And the reason my next paycheck was smaller is because the same amount of money was going into my 401k plan in the Roth versus the pre-tax. That part didn't change. The 10% of my pay was the same amount of money. Say I was making $40,000, right? So $4,000 a year was going in either way. The difference was the amount that came out of my paycheck was bigger in the case of Roth, because now I was paying taxes, whereas before I was not. So it's important for people to understand whether you do pre-tax or Roth in your 401k plan, just like a Roth IRA or a pre-tax IRA, the amount you're contributing is the same. The difference is how much are you paying taxes now? Stuff Tom hears. Tom is Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management. You get a lot of questions about investment diversification and are there misconceptions? Especially in 401k plans, because most 401k plans these days have target date funds in them. If you look at your 401k lineup and you see all these different investments, and then there's a chunk of them that have all the exact same name. And the only difference is at the end of them, it says 2020, 2025, 2055, 65, all that stuff, right? And those are designed specifically to be one-stop shop investments. And what we see a lot of times is people will pick, because you know we always tell people, don't put all your money mm-hmm. in one place, not all your eggs in one basket and all that stuff. So they will grab two or three of those investments and use them together. And what they don't seem to understand is the underlying investments in that entire suite is identical. The only difference is how is that money allocated? They are already doing the asset allocation and diversification for you. So be careful about that. There is such a thing as over diversification um, and duplicative diversification. Because a lot of times people are buying the same stuff and they don't even know it. They think they're diversified and they're not. So you got to be careful with that one. Well, we run into that with the portfolio reviews with our incoming clients. All the time. There's all sorts of stuff. We're with Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. He and his team work with companies on their benefit plans to attract and retain employees. And Tom, you you probably saw the same thing I did. 34% of millennials are thinking about bolting. So wages are one thing that attract employees, but so are benefits. Especially with millennials, they're way more in tune to benefits than most people because they understand that they're paying for pretty much everything along the way. The day of the pension has mostly passed, you know, unless you work for government or a professional sports league or something like that. They're really in tune with it. This is really important stuff. Other things that Tom hears, let's talk a little bit about the difference between contributing to the match limit and then what maxing out is. They're not the same thing. No, they're not. And Deanne and I have talked about this in our Investigating Myths series. People will always ask our team members, the first thing they ask is, how much do I need to put in to get the company match? Which is a great question. And so let's say you get matched up to 6% of your pay. Well, so you put away 6% so you can get the match. And then people say, see, I'm maxing out. It's like, well, hold on a second. You know, the limits are $19,500 or another $6,500 if you're 50 or older, which is a lot of money. And I'm not saying that everyone should put away $26,000 or $19,500. It's just understand that there's a difference between the total match and then the total amount you can put in. If a company doesn't match, should you even contribute? Well, there's another one we hear is, I'm not going to contribute because there's no match. And it's like, well, hold on a second. So you're not going to save for retirement at all? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Usually a 401k plan is a good option because it's easy to do. You decide how much goes right into your account before you get a chance to spend it on a six pack of beer or another pair of boots or whatever it is. 
make sure you're saving somewhere and wherever else you're going to save isn't going to have a match. So that one I've never really understood. Let's talk about decision makers. What do you run into with them? I I know you've got one all-time favorite and this is amazing. Okay. This is my favorite. When we'll be talking to prospective clients and, you know, we'll be talking about understanding fees. And I'm not a fee fearmonger person because the reality is there's generally parity when it comes to fees in our industry and the 401k side. But when I come across someone who says, we're not paying any fees. Wow. Talk about a red flag. Usually those are the people who are paying the most. And if they're business owners. Do you not charge your clients? How would you stay in business? Of course you're paying fees. And the fact that you don't know what any of them are is a real problem. You're supposed to know. The DOL requires you to know that stuff and then to make a determination as to whether it's reasonable. And that's what we help them then figure out. So get competitive when it comes to attracting employees. Have a great benefits program. Get serious when it comes to retaining employees. It's important. Have a great benefits program. That's what you do. Yeah, and that's where engagement is key. We have a lot of fun with workforces from blue collar to white collar. Our strategy and process, I think, is a lot of fun. We want to be educational and we want to keep people engaged. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years, you'd get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next. If anything, that was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time. The go-go years are now the, this is my time years. It's time for second acts, new ventures. You bet you busted it hard while working, but watch out now, your bucket list is full. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it. No matter what your it is, your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Back on Ask Annex, got a question for us. You head to our website, look for the Ask tab. Everybody gets an answer. Some wind up on the radio. Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager is going to help us out. Hey, Randy. Hey, Danny. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager. She is also here. Hey. Hi, Danny. First one is anonymous. Am I wrong in thinking that one benefit of a bear market is that you hold shares in a mutual fund and you receive capital gains or short-term gains at a lower price, which results in more shares if you reinvest dividends? When the market reverses and starts to raise, you will gain more wealth because you own more shares than before the distribution. It's like purchasing more shares at a lower price. Well, I think you're on the right track with your thinking. When a mutual fund distributes capital gains and dividends, it reduces the fund's NAV, or the net asset value. So yes, when the NAV drops after the distribution is paid, shareholders who reinvest their distributions also receive more shares. In the short term, it increases the likelihood of higher future returns down the road, but obviously that's not guaranteed. Next up on Ask Annex, another anonymous question. My son is ending his search for a house and isn't sure what to do with the $40,000 he earmarked for a down payment. Any ideas? This question, we need a lot more information. Uh, is he planning on buying a house a year later? If so, you probably want to keep it in cash, maybe some high interest savings. Is he not going to be using this until retirement? We could put it into maybe fund a Roth. You could maybe fund an HSA if he's got a high deductible health care plan. Mm-hmm. Does he have any debt? You know, a lot of people overlook that if you're paying off 20% credit card debt. So there's a lot of things you could do to put this money to use, but we need to know what the what the goal for the money is. Yeah, and his time frame, right? Can exactly. he afford to take a look, get a little more? 
more interest, but you know, have it locked up for a little bit, or mm-hmm. you know, depending on his liquidity needs too. Next question, also anonymous. I've got a question regarding a TSP. My current split is 100% in an L2045 fund. I'm 61 years old, planning on working at least another five years. Was advised to move the allocation to a more conservative fund. What is the recommendation for that? I have about 90K in that fund, have been contributing about four years, have funds from a previous place of employment already invested with you. So a target date fund is going to get more conservative the closer you get to the date of the fund. So if you are planning on making withdrawals from the account when you retire in five years, it would make sense for you to use that 2030 fund. If you do not need to make withdrawals from the account until your required minimum distributions kick in at age 72, then you might want to stay with the longer dated target fund because you have longer time frame to withstand the volatility in the market and you will be better positioned for when we have a market recovery. And target date funds are nice if you're not getting guidance. So I would say talk to your wealth manager. They could run the investment options that you have past our investment management team, and maybe mm-hmm. there's something better that could be done outside of the target date fund. But they're not bad if that's all that you have. Next up from Stephen, I inherited two accounts from my dad when he passed away earlier this year. An IRA, about 22000 and a Roth IRA, about 39000 I would like to look into cashing one or both of them out, but how can I find out what the tax implications are for each? Yeah, this is a good question, and it's a good time to ask it now rather than after you've make, made the withdrawal. The Roth IRA, you're typically going to get at that money without tax implications. You are giving up years of tax-deferred or tax-free growth. You'll have to take that money out within 10 years of inheriting the money under the new rules. But you could get at that, to answer the question specifically, you could get at that tax-free. Now, the IRA, I'd be a little bit more careful on because that's going to get tacked onto your income. Typically, when you're inheriting money, you might be in your 50s, 60s. You could be in your, your highest earning years. You might be in a very high tax bracket. This would get thrown right on top of that. You're going to be giving up 22, 24, 30 32 percent of that money to taxes here's one i found on the internet and i was fascinated by it so i want to share it and get your opinion guys i'm 32 and have two hundred fifty thousand dollars in retirement roth ira and traditional 401k few friends have been telling me that i'm contributing too much since i max out both contributions each year i'm not doing a mega backdoor roth although it's available to me they pointed out that if I stop contributing, I'll still have three or four million by the time I retire, rule of 72. Is this true? I can't imagine needing more than $4 million in my late 60s. Well, I guess to get to that figure, you have to decide what annual rate of return you're using. So the rule of 72 is you take 72 and divide it by the annual return. Let's just say, for example, if it's we use the rule of 72 and we figure a 6% annual return, your account would double every 12 years. So doing simple math, the rule would suggest by the time you are 68 years old, you would have $2 million because you would have three doubles in there. Your current account value today is 250 and you're at age 32, it would be 500 at age 44, 1 million at age 56, and then 2 million at age 68. Yeah, the other thing to take into account here is where you really want to have a financial plan because we see situations like this quite often and somebody's planning and retiring at, say, 68, and we plug it in and say, hey, you could be done at 55. I wouldn't say stop saving, but you might want to redirect those savings. So if you could retire prior to 59 and a half, maybe you don't put it in the Roth or the 401k. You start funding an individual or a joint account, something that will be accessible without penalty if you retire a little bit early. But start with the financial plan and then mm-hmm. determine the investment strategy. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning and estate 
estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. That's Ask Annex. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, thank you. You bet. Randy Winkler, CFP and Wealth Manager, thank you. You're welcome. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. More to come. Please stick around. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in-house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric isn't a sales tool. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary, so there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Joined again by Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida. Welcome back, Robert. Oh, thank you, Danny. Supporting adult children, it's a slippery slope. We love them, but are we doing them any favors by doing so, even on a small level? And that's our ticklish topic. When and how is it appropriate to help your kids financially? And kids meaning older kids. The recent study by the Pew Research Center found about half of parents are still helping their adult kids out financially. Let's not talk about the pandemic. There it was about 26%. That was a little different. And of course, now with the hurricane, it's going to be different as well. We're talking about the regular stuff. In fact, a 2018 savings.com survey found an average parents giving their adult children about $1,000 a month for expenses like food, health, auto, insurance, rent, cell phones, tuition reimbursement, travel. If they live at home, it's estimated the average cost of housing an adult child is $459 a month and about 60% of adult kids not paying rent to their parents. That's not really so much what this topic is about because we love our kids. We want the best for our kids. But there is a dollars and cents impact on your retirement planning, folks, when this happens. Oh, my gosh, there sure is. Any dollar that you are not saving for your retirement or you're spending on an extra person under your roof, it compounds over time. And, you know, so every dollar that you're not putting away is going out the window. It means you're going to have to work longer. And there's all sorts of different ways that it can help. And and I've got a personal story where my son finished college and wasn't quite sure what he was going to do. He really wanted to be a police officer, came to us and said, I think this is what I want to do, but I need to go to an academy. Can I borrow the money? My wife and I did was is we, we lent him the money, but it was a strict understanding. We didn't have anything written down, but we had a strict understanding of, listen, when you get employed, you need to start paying us back. And sure enough, he got employed. He started paying us back and he had paid back everything within a year and a half. I think that's the way it can work. That's a great example, but I got to say, Danny, my children would tell you that you're way nicer than me and my wife are because we made all of our kids pull out student loans. And then when they got above a C and graduated, we paid that debt off for them. But only after 
they were successful. Yeah, well, college was one thing. I mean, he took loans for college, but again, he was had finished the four years and just said, mm-hmm. I want to do this. And I don't even know if he could have taken a loan out at that point. But, you know, be that as it may, it's like, okay, listen, that job, <laughs> you're going to get hired and you're going to make okay yes. money. So you will be able to pay us back. That is true. If you get into a situation like that, should you write things down? I mean, should there be an actual, it doesn't have to be a legal document, but should there be a document of understanding? Over my 22 years of experience in financial services, I would say that really depends on the child. The same family could have four different children and two of them, you better write it down. The other two, you're probably, nope, they're good. And so even though out of the same family, they come from the same environment, at some point, human beings make their own choices, and then you have to be the judge of that. Yeah, you're exactly right. I've got two sons, and they're they're very different. In fact, one, like a typical millennial, ended a job without getting another job, and the message last week was, by the way, don't come looking because you made the choice to end your job. Well, I'm fine. I'm fine. I've saved up. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) We're with uh, Robert Chastain, branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. The slippery slope of supporting adult children, something that might be affecting your ability to save and invest. You got to get real at a certain point. Gifting, is is that even something or is that even just prolonging it or or kind of, you know, enabling them? Well, uh, again, I think it comes down to each individual child. Some people will take gifts and save every penny of it or or save 95% of it, maybe spend 5%, and other kids will spend 95% and save five, if maybe. So it really comes down to how you think each one of your children is going to behave when they come into money that they weren't planning on. That's really up to a parent to kind of figure out how they think the outcome of that might happen. Like all of our financial planning things, we always say it depends, and it depends on the kids, right? (laughs) It does. Right. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference, folks. Visit our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Robert Chastain, thanks for jumping on. Thank you so much, Danny. We're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years you'd get the gold watch walk out the door to see what was next if anything that was then this is now we're in an age of retirement redefined and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time the go-go years are now the this is my time years it's time for second acts new ventures you bet you busted it hard while working but watch out now your bucket list is full At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it, no matter what your it is. Your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We're all familiar with Social Security. What about spousal Social Security? Here to talk about it is Tom Burkholz, a CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hi, Danny. So take us to school, maybe everybody to school. What exactly is a spousal benefit? 
it's a type of social security benefit where essentially the social security administration is saying, Hey, we understand that not everyone who is married stays in the workforce their entire life. And so some people are stay at home parents or whatever the case is, and you should still be able to receive a social security benefit if that's the case. So you as a spouse with little or no social security benefit of your own can receive up to half of the working spouses benefit in the form of a spousal benefit. That's decent. How is that benefit determined? Right. So the spousal benefit is primarily determined by the working spouse's amount at their full retirement age. However, it's also determined by when the spouse claims for the benefits. So, for example, if the spouse starts their spousal benefits at age 62, they accept a reduced amount. Right. And with everything Social Security, the earlier you start taking it, the benefits are reduced, correct? Right. So timing matters. So... That's why it's important to work with a financial professional who can um, calculate the most optimal way to take benefits. So when can somebody begin collecting spousal benefits? Well, there are specific triggers that must occur to be entitled to spousal benefits in the first place. So the first trigger is the primary worker must have filed for their own benefit in order for the spouse to begin receiving spousal benefits. And additionally, you have to be married for at least one year. And Ultimately, age 62 is the magic age when you can first start receiving a reduced spousal benefit amount. Gotcha. True or false, you can get up to 50% of your spouse's full benefit. This is true. This is the maximum amount of spousal benefits you can be eligible for. However, if the spouse elects before their own full retirement age, you might get a reduced amount. So you have to be careful if you're trying to maximize your spousal benefit. And I think I know the answer to this, but you don't get to claim both benefits, right? Correct. Someone can be entitled to a spousal benefit based on their husband or wife's earning record and be eligible for their own retirement benefit. And this is considered by the Social Security Administration as being duly entitled, and you will only receive the higher of the two benefits at the time. If somebody is widowed or divorced, can they still claim spousal Social Security benefits? Well, if you're widowed, you may instead be eligible for a survivor benefit, which is simply inheriting the deceased spouse's benefit. But that's different than a spousal benefit. And if you're divorced, you could potentially be eligible for spousal benefits as long as the worker is 62 and you were married for 10 years and haven't remarried. But if you're remarried, you can't claim your ex's benefits. Right. If you are remarried, you are now a spouse from Social Security's perspective and cannot receive spousal benefits from your ex. However, you can be eligible to receive spousal benefits from your current spouse. Is applying or getting getting the process started, is, is that complicated for Social Security spousal benefits? No, you can apply online, over the phone, or through your local Social Security office. You'll just need you know, a variety of documents and information handy as you go through that process and banking information if you want to set up direct deposit. Tom, do you find in the financial planning department that people are in the dark about Social Security? I mean, do we need to walk them through things and that's fine because that's what we do, but can it be confusing at times? Oh, 100%. I highly recommend working with a professional who can run a Social Security analysis and find the most optimal way to file for Social Security because it can be incredibly complicated. Right. And as we always say, it's only one of the legs of your retirement plan, but it's an important leg. Right. So retirement income can be thought of as a three-legged stool between Social Security income and pension income and income from your retirement assets. So it's just one part. 
But if you're missing a leg on your stool, I mean, you don't have a stool anymore. Right. Sure. Set it up properly. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Burkholz, CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming back in. My pleasure. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may be wondering if your retirement plans are still on track. Inflation is a silent wealth killer. You won't hear an alarm when prices rise, but you might feel alarm as you try to plan your future. It's also one of the top reasons 80% of Americans are feeling stressed about their finances. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, Annex Wealth Management's in-house team of planners will prepare your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric isn't a sales tool. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary, so there are no products to push. Instead, you'll get an honest assessment of your current state and a realistic plan to reach your goals. If you're concerned about how inflation may be affecting your retirement date or how you're planning to spend your retirement, visit AnnexWealth.com today. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Value. We all want value. It's human nature to want the best deal on goods or services. Might be a pizza. Might be a car. Why not? Might as well be your financial plan. You've also heard the old adage, you get what you pay for. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Danny. I like talking to you about this when it comes to your investment and retirement plan. The value of an advisor is important, and it's important to us, and we want that for you, too. Russell Investments breaks down the value of an advisor by using simple letter codes, A, B, C, and T. A is for active rebalancing of investment portfolios. And, Brandon, we talk about that a lot. Active is the key word. Yeah, and active is so important because it's not set it and forget it. It's not actively do it one time a year. It's when is their opportunity? Take advantage of what the market is getting you. What I mean by that is, so the market's up, take some of those gains, take them off the table, rebalance to areas that have underperformed. In in the long term, this benefits the long-term perspective of the portfolio. And actually what it does, the key here is it reduces volatility. So in a recent study, again, Russell Investments put together, you can see the reduction in volatility that the math that they've done actually brings it down about 0.51% in terms of standard deviation. I know that's getting kind of deep, but it's basically, it's reduced the volatility by actively rebalancing balancing. And when you have an investment team like Annex looking over it, that is a phenomenal way to help you reach your goals, which we'll eventually talk about when we get to B and C. Got it. The flip side is passive, right? Passive is set it and forget it or some some things doing it? Some things Thing. doing it where there's it's more of it's just a time frame. Well, this is actively done. This isn't a time frame like we're going to do it on June 30th. This is when the opportunity arises, we take advantage and rebalance those portfolios. When talking about the value of an advisor, B stands for behavioral coaching. And coaching is a two-way street. That implies an engaged relationship on both sides. Correct. And this has actually been so prevalent in recent history, right? You go through the pandemic and all the things going on. Well, when we have an engaged relationship with our clients, we're talking to them not just about the markets, but we're talking about their plan. And the thing is, it's keeping them on pace. It's long-term, big picture. What are you looking at? How does it fit your plan? Again, statistics that Russell has pulled together is if you miss the best 51 days of the market because you pulled out because fear took over for you, well, you could miss an average return dropping of one. 
3.34%. I mean, that's that's a drop just because of behavioral. So when you work with Annex as a team, we're looking long-term, right? What is the long-term impact? Well, it hurts now because the market's volatile and all those things going on. Long-term, how does it impact your plan? And that really leads to C. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about the value of an advisor. C stands for Customized Experience and Family Wealth Planning. That process, that's a journey. That's a journey that starts from the day we sit down, but it never ends. And that's what's key about it. So it's customized planning. No one family is the same. Every situation is different. So you're looking at a customized plan. Maybe you want to retire to another state. It's all variable. It's all different. So you have to have a custom plan. And that's part of that C where it's working together, building that plan. And the cost of planning, surprisingly, in the 80s, well, maybe not surprisingly, was lower, right? Because it was more of the brokerage side. It was just buying and selling. But now there's so much more to it. And it really leads to all the different things you put together, which is the last one, in my opinion, and probably one that people forget the most about. And that's T, Danny. There you go. What's the value of an advisor at Annex Wealth Management? We think that answer is a lot. Piece we saw from Russell Investments, T stands for tax smart investing. Big difference between tax preparation and tax planning. Yes, and that is key. I think we talk about that, and I actually I know we talk about that in every meeting here at Annex when we meet with somebody who first comes in the door. There's tax planning and there's tax prep. Tax prep is, you know, the compliance looking backwards. Tax planning is saying, what do you own? What does that mean for your tax picture? Can we adjust that? Can that get better? Maybe it's because you have something that pays high capital gain distributions and that impacted your taxes last year. Well, let's look at that now. Overall, there's tax drag. We call it a tax drag on a portfolio because you might have an investment that has done really well, but because of the tax drag, because of all the capital gains that you don't really think about, but when you look at your 1040 come April, actually had an impact. Tax smart investing. Tax loss harvesting at the right time, watching how long you own something for, wash sales, all of those things are so important. And that's really the T. And there can be up to, they say 92 basis points or 0.92% of what you call tax drag sometimes on portfolios just because you weren't paying close attention. And when you partner with a firm like Annex, where we have a tax team, an investment team, it's so important to help that fit into C, customized approach on the behavioral side and obviously the active rebalancing. I love that. When it gets down to it, think carefully about the value of a fee-only fiduciary. That's the key right there. A fee-only fiduciary who's working in your best interest at all times that has a team behind them, a team of experts in their given areas to make sure your plan is on track for the goals that you want to accomplish. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. That's how we do it, and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Danny. Sunday, October 16th. Quick break, but we're going to be back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. You are listening to 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. 
Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. So a quick reminder, if you came in late on the show, if you want to hear the whole thing again, that's no problem. This show will be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel at the top of the hour. So join us for that. Also, the Axiom. Sign up for the Axiom free weekly newsletter. Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, really good with lots of topics that we produce. So highly searchable if you have questions. But if you ever have questions, folks, head to the website, either hit that Ask button or the Get Started button. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer in the studio. So is Dave Spano, our President and CEO, Annex Wealth management. Thanks, Danny. You know, Jamie Dimon is a pretty well-known CEO of J.P. Morgan, and when he speaks, a lot of people listen to what he says, and he did make a number of notable comments last week. One of them is he thought that the S&P 500 could get to about 3,000. We're trading about 3,600 at the moment, so that's a significant downturn, but he did say that based on a number of inputs. One of the things that I, I thought is interesting is that if that happens, you have to think about how the composition of the S&P 500 is and what that makes up. If you think about the five largest constituents of the S&P 500, there is some value in his argument. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, and Alphabet are 22% of the market cap of the S&P 500, and they traded above average multiples relative to the rest of the S&P 500. In fact, if you take those stocks out, the S&P 500 is currently trading at 12 times forward earnings, which is well below average. So to the degree that one is invested in an index fund like the Spiders, SPY, um, they, they're getting a lot of that. You know, they're getting a lot of Apple and, and, and the rest. And a um, lot of people own this in, individually as well, Apple, Microsoft, and the rest. But what is interesting, and when you break down the sectors, Derek, and, you, you know, there's 11 sectors. We talk about them a lot, utilities and, and consumer cyclicals and so forth. Think about that compared to what energy is providing. Right. Energy is currently 5% of the S&P 500 uh, versus 16. 2% in 2008. And the other way to think about it is energy got kicked out of the Dow. So there isn't a single energy stock in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is kind of amazing to me. And so when we're going to this upcoming earnings season, the energy sector is actually going to produce twice as much earnings towards that S&P aggregate as it's waiting, which suggests in many cases that perhaps that waiting is going to have to migrate up over time in order to get to more of a fair value. And the other thing about the energy stocks in general is they pay higher dividends than we're currently seeing with the 10-year, whereas many other sectors, particularly in tech, offer much lower yields. They have yields, they have lower multiples, and what is really interesting is the fact that if you took some of those major companies that you mentioned, some of the top five largest constituents, and compare it to the energy sector, how does that look? Well, they look much, much, much more expensive. They are great companies. They do generate free cash flow. And as an example, in 2008, I mentioned energy was 16% of the S&P. Well, Apple at that time was 1.3% of the S&P. It's currently 7.4%. So in many ways, you could say Apple has benefited from the rise of passive investing because when people just pile money in to SPY, they're buying all 500 of those stocks, which tends to lead to a premium valuation for the largest weightings. And Apple is bigger than the entire energy sector together. That is just mind-boggling, where Apple makes up 7% and the energy sector in aggregate makes up about 5%. And that is the reason why, folks, that looking through 
what you own is so important. You know, we talked about this all year long on the portfolio moves that you could make. We spent a lot of time talking about the equity side, but also the fixed income side. And let's do that in the last 30 seconds here. Well, the interesting thing about fixed income, at least to me, is, you know, at one point when treasuries were yielding, you know, half a percent on the 10-year, you obviously didn't want to buy them because they weren't going to offer you any protection in the event of a market correction or slowing growth. But now that these yields have climbed, um, you know, there is a little bit more juice there. And so you're not taking as much interest rate risk buying a 10-year when it's yielding 4% as you were when you're buying it at 0.5. So in actuality, what we've been doing with our portfolios is adding a little bit of duration. We're still below benchmark because we do believe rates will move higher in the near term. And then also looking at areas like high yield and bank loans where we get higher yields and, and less interest rate risk. So you can think of it almost as a barbell approach. Derek Falski, our chief investment officer. Thanks for the show this week. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, Dave, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, folks, uh, listen, if, if you've been listening listen to us today, and if you think that there's value here, there is a way that we can work together. Folks, if you're like most, you do research before you commit, and we're fine with that. Check us out. Ask friends and neighbors who might be clients. This is the invitation. Takes just a couple of minutes to start the conversation. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. It's the time. Stay strong, everybody. See you back here next Sunday at noon. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. 